Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the Weekend Wrestle Podcast. Nate Maxson, your host, here with you. And this week, we are continuing our conversation about the 2022 class of the Weekend Wrestle Podcast Hall of Fame. I am Nate Maxson, your host, and this week, I am joined by Archie Mitchell, Mark Brew, and my brother Aaron to discuss the results of the Hall of Fame from this year. And of course, our inductees this year are the Road Warriors, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Shawn Michaels, Gene Okerlund, Fred Blassie, Buddy Rogers, Kurt Henning, and Paul Heyman. And um, as we get into this conversation, I will go over the ballot, I will go over the winners again, and we will discuss each and every one of them individually. But before that, I just wanted to run down again the criteria for someone to be in the Hall of Fame, just so that's out there. 10 years plus as a pro, exceptions could be made in a situation like Magnum TA, in-ring ability, promo ability, being of significance to the business, whether as a whole or to a certain promotion or territory, drawing power. And for tag teams, they need to have been a consistent team for at least one calendar year. So that is the criteria for someone to wind up on the ballot for the Hall of Fame. And um, we will, like I said, get into a conversation here about the results in momentarily. I do want to remind you that uh, the WrestleNet Radio Podcast Network, which is the, uh, the, the network of which this podcast is a part of, is now available on YouTube. Check it out. WrestleNet, one word, WrestleNet Radio Podcast Network on YouTube. Please do check us out. I am posting up uh, recordings of the shows, um, different highlight clips from the show recordings, things like that. Uh, currently, there is an interview that I did with the one and only Mr. John Arezzi up on the YouTube page right now. So do please go check that out and support us and, of course, you can support us the most by letting people know about our shows. Let them know about the We Can't Wrestle podcast, Reliving the Extreme, etc., etc. That is the best way to get word out and help us out here at the WrestleNet Radio Podcast Network. But this is the We Can't Wrestle podcast, and we're talking about the We Can't Wrestle podcast 2022 class of the Hall of Fame. So right now we will go to my conversation with Archie, Mark, and Aaron discussing this year's class. All right, everybody, in this segment for the We Can't Wrestle podcast, Class of 2022 Hall of Fame, I am joined by some more of our panelists. Uh, the first guy here, the one, the only, Mr. Nothing But Trouble podcast, Archie Mitchell. What's up, everybody? And, of course, El Chupacabra, he is Mr. Mark Brew. Hola. <laughs> and we are also joined on this panel by my brother, Aaron. Hello. And uh, like I said, I a little, little person. Oh, that's my granddaughter. She's mimicking. She oh, heard me oh. say, what's up, everybody? So she's saying it. What's up, buddy? <laughs> Hello. I should, I should isolate that and make that the opening of the show. Right. <laughs> um, but I went down the criteria for the Hall of Fame in the open um, for this year's Hall of Fame. However... We will go through, what we're going to do here is we will go through the ballot. We will go through who the guys voted for, why they voted for them. And um, we'll also figure out, you know, who we're going to try to push to get in next year. Because, as you know, you only get five years to make it into the actual Hall of Fame on the ballot before you have to go back to the nominating process. So, And I will, of course, get into uh, to my opinions as well. 
and Aaron can also shed his light as well. Um, the ballot this year consisted of, and I'll go through how many years they've been on the ballot also, Stu Hart, three years, Roddy Piper, three years, Paul Heyman, three years, Shawn Michaels, three years, Sting, three years, Ricky Dozon, three years, Gene Okerlund, three years, Mick Foley, two, Arn Anderson, two, The Rock, two, Fred Blassie, two, Bob Backlund, two, and the next guys are all on the ballot for the first year, Vader, Kurt Henning, Ted DiBiase, The Road Warriors, Junkyard Dog, Midnight Express, Sensational Sherry, Rick Rude, Ricky Steamboat, Sergeant Slaughter, The Sheik, Buddy Rogers, and John Cena. So and Chad Austin. What? We forgot Chad Austin. He'll he'll be on the ballot in 2062, I believe. Um, <laughs> and who got in this year? Well, the 2022 class of the We Can't Wrestle Podcast Hall of Fame is the Road Warriors. Roddy Piper, and those are the two that got the most votes from the panel. Each one picked up seven votes out of the 14 that are on the panel. Shawn Michaels, Gene Okerlund, Fred Blassie, Buddy Rogers, Kurt Henning, and Paul Heyman. So we will start here at the first guy, or the first ones that I have here that got into the Hall of Fame this year. And we'll get everybody's thoughts. You said Kurt, right? Yes, Kurt Henning. Um, we'll get everybody's thoughts here, a little discussion about each one of them. And then, like I said, when we're done, we will go through and, uh, see who everybody voted for and maybe some of the people that didn't get in. Um, the first ones we'll talk about gents are the road warriors, the third year of the hall of fame. And they are in Archie. What do you think? The road warriors. Let me see. Did you vote for the road warriors? I don't believe I did. But I mean, if you're gonna have a Hall of Fame, how do you not have the most badass tag team in the world? You actually, you actually did vote for the Road Warriors. Did I? Did I? Okay, yes. I wasn't sure. I'm a demolition man. I, I, I I'm, look. I'm, I'm a Road Warriors fan, but they're not my number one tag team. But they are the badass, mm-hmm. badass tag team in the world. The music, the gear, even Paul Ellering being with them without Rocco, of course. Um, and I mean, just who who doesn't want to hear Iron Man playing when they come out to the ring? You know what I mean? And whether it was Japan, WWF, WCW, even an impact when they made that small little couple week, you know, tour there. Mm-hmm. Hulk and Animal were the best, in my opinion. And they deserve their they deserve their place in the Hall of Fame. Mark? Uh, pretty much like Archie said, how can you not have a how, how can you have a Hall of Fame and not have them in it? Because looking back I mean, even through the generation before us, the Road Warriors were instrumental in uh, tag team wrestling. So yep. I, I feel like how did it take this long to get them in there? Well, <laughs> and, and this is kind of the discussion that you have in something like this, which is why this is my favorite thing to do. And David and John and I talked about this when we had our conversation last week. You look at... You look at, okay, so you just start, we just started this thing three years ago. And you look at the caliber of talent that you get, you need to get in first before you can start putting other people in. I mean, you know, before you got these guys in, you had to get a Hulk Hogan and you had to get the Undertaker in, Andre the Giant, Randy Savage. As the years go on, it gets harder to pick. Um, and you can start going through more people like that. You know, like this year, I had to, 
I had to really whittle down who I wanted to vote for to try to get right. them in. I didn't vote for the Road Warriors, not because I don't like the Road Warriors or not because they weren't a great tag team. And I do think they had a huge impact on the business and they were a huge draw. But for me personally, I would rather get, you know, uh, the original Sheik in or something, you know, before I'd rather get the Road Warriors in. So you have decisions to make. Aaron, your thoughts on the Road Warriors? Um, This might be like an out of left field or stupid comment, but. The Road Warriors are the Andre the Giant equivalent of a tag team. Like they're 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 the attraction. You know what I mean? Like they they don't necessarily have to be your champions, but they they were the team of like when like when Andre would come out for the battle royal, people would be like, "Holy shit, Andre's here." When I am Iron Man would hit like everybody was like holy fuck, <laughs> like like L- LOD Road Warriors they're they're an attraction and 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 I'm a demolition guy too, but demolition wasn't necessarily an attraction they were they were in the package of the of the show. Right. LOD was just. When you say the Road Warriors are going to be on your show, you're just like, I, I got to go see it. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Just well, like yeah, the and, and, lady or, or something like that at the circus, you got to see yeah, it. Right, and going going by the – and I'm also a demolition guy. But the the going by the criteria that we have set for the Hall of Fame, I would put I would put the Road Warriors in before I'd put demolition in. You know, just based on – Based on what you know, you're talking about impact on the business, draw, longevity, longevity. Because demolition was only a tag team. I mean, not counting like after with the WWF on the indies and stuff. But if you think about it, they were only really a, a major main event tag team for what three years, four years, right? You know, right. for us, for the, since that was our generation, that little capsule of time seems like forever because they were such a big part of our childhood and everything, but the road warriors were, were much more, to be honest, an influential tag team than demolition. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. still teams putting on face paint and trying to make their gear look semi like it. Like look at the Ascension in the WWE, you know what I mean? So there's always going to be that, that road warriors influence, whether it be the style or the, the look that comes mm-hmm. out because tag teams love them. Right. I just think the Doomers were um, they're a transcending tag team in my opinion. I agree. The next guy to get in this year Rowdy Roddy Piper. Um, Let's see here. Mark, you did vote for Roddy. Mm -hmm. And Archie, you did not. Yes. And nor did I. Um, and again... Did I, did I vote for him? I'm pretty sure I did. Uh, let me see. Uh, yes, you did. Obviously, I did. Um, <laughs> the And again, it's another one of those things. Like, I personally, there are other people, I want to get into the Hall of Fame before Piper. Not that I don't like Piper. Now, let's talk about him for a minute. Roddy Roddy Piper. Archie? Um. One of the first heels I ever experienced, because, of course, I grew up a WWF guy before I got into WCW. Um, One of the first talkers I ever experienced and hearing somebody, you know, protrude 
cold hard facts. You know what I mean? Because when he talked, he wasn't making anything up. He wasn't looking to, you know, bullshit you. He was looking to tell you why he was doing what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I did not not vote for Roddy because I don't like him. I I like Roddy Piper. One, you know. Oh yeah, him. and that's 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 what I'm trying to get across here. I like everybody right. that's on the 25 percent right. ballot. <laughs> you know. Right. But you see another name, for instance, Paul Heyman, and you think of well, for the last 30 years, Paul Heyman has produced We're solid gonna... teams, or or you know, I'm just I don't want to get too. But as a manager, Paul Heyman is is you know done amazing things and then as a writer and then as a booker rowdy did great and i'm not taking anything away from him but like nate said there are other people that you see on that list that maybe have a little more glimmer to them right away so i'm happy he's in the hall of fame but i understand where nate's going with it why it took three years or even could have took five years for that matter because there are others on the list we may have been voting for whether it was with our heart or our minds that we saw deserved it quicker you know, more, more so. Mark, your thoughts on the hot rod? Uh, one of the greatest, most controversial promo men of the industry of all time, in my opinion. Um, what he lacked in the ring, he made for, he made up for on the mic. And as a kid, I was a fan of the hot rod. I mean, <clears throat> he took something simplistic as a sleeper hold <laughs> and made it a finishing move and it was believable. Aaron? I <laughs> you only want this show to go like an hour. <laughs> I can't talk too much about Piper, but um Piper was fantastic. And it's like what Mark said, where he could take a sleeper hole and make it a finisher, that dude could take a kernel of what somebody said to him and turn it into verbally, turn it into a fucking um, one of the most memorable segments you could ever hear in your life. Definitely. Like, he he could take anything anybody said or just the slightest thing somebody did and just make it his own like that dude there's there's very few people that were better at their job than what piper was especially when he was a heel but he was even a great face but like I, I, when I think of Piper, like, I don't even just think about him feuding with Hogan. Like, I think of him, like, going back to Mid Atlantic and all that shit. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just think of that. Like, that dude could take chicken shit and make it chicken, make it chicken salad. And, 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 and he could get a guy over and make him better than what they were. Or he could take somebody that thought they were here and just destroy them. You know what and I mean? And also also the big case to be made, it's an age-old question, and it, it's it's a valid question, is in 1985, Hulk Hogan needed Roddy Piper to make WrestleMania. Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon needed Roddy Piper to make WrestleMania success. Yeah, WrestleMania, WrestleMania, WrestleMania doesn't. You wouldn't have Hulkamania without Roddy. 
WrestleMania. Nobody else would have been able to do it. He was the fucking man at that fucking point, in my in, in my opinion. Like him and Orndorff and Orton, they were DX before DX. Right. <laughs> Good point. And it wouldn't have been that if it would have been Dave Schultz or or Morocco. And I'm not knocking those guys, but it wouldn't have I, been the same thing if it wouldn't have been Piper. I don't even say that there wouldn't have been a Hulkamania without Piper, but what I'll say is, with with the, the 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 scope of WrestleMania, and especially the involvement of the celebrities in WrestleMania, that's my main thing. There probably is still is Hulkamania, but WrestleMania doesn't work because Piper was the only heel to throw into that situation to make it catch fire with Cindy right. Lauper and Mister T. And you know, you just, you just, there's nobody else that you can look at up and down the spectrum. Right. I mean, if they could have got their hands on Ric Flair, maybe. But Rick, Rick Flair wouldn't even have the balls to say that Mr. T had gnarly bristles. <laughs> I agree. Well, you know what I mean, like, like Piper was the fucking man. I, I and people can fight me all fucking day if they want to, but Piper you was get no man. argument here. The next uh, guy. A, a, a little fun fact about Roddy. He was also a black belt in judo. Damn. I didn't know that. Thank Started you, Professor Mike Tanay, Mark Brew. <laughs> <laughs> the next guy to get in this year. It was his. Uh, it was his. He's been on the ballot since we started the thing. Uh, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, got Finally. in this year. To the Finally. Hall of for the, the We Can't Wrestle Podcast Hall of Fame, and I believe Archie voted for Sean. Every and year Mark since voted we started for this Sean. damn thing. Since we started this damn thing. And Aaron didn't Love vote for Sean. So now let me see shame. if I did. Shame on you, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I, 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 I did vote for Sean Michaels. I've been voting for him since the first year. Um, yeah. Archie, Sean Michaels. I am a huge Sean Michaels mark. I am someone who will die on the hill that Shawn Michaels is one of the greatest performers that we have seen in the last 25 or 30 years, maybe even longer because, see, when I say 25 years, I think of, like, you know, 1980. I don't think of 1990, but it is 1990 now. <laughs> but I am a very big fan of watching wrestlers come up in a, in a big way. For instance, if you watched a guy like Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels or The Rock or even Stone Cold Steve Austin – you watch them grow and become more as they got bigger. Sean is definitely on that list because to go from just being Sean Michaels to then being in the Midnight Rockers to then being the Rockers, then that breakup. And, of course, it, it, it made a, a, a household sentence after that happened by it being, well, now you're the genetic. You know what I mean? Because he threw his partner to the curb and made a bigger career for himself, you know? Mm -hmm. And then the battles with Bret Hart through tag team wrestling, intercontinental title, and then world heavyweight title. It goes on and on. That man, Aaron said it about the Road Warriors. Well, the same thing with Shawn Michaels. He transcended to the top. And then at WrestleMania 12, the boys of dream. And then, yeah, his demons and everything caught up to him and bothered him. But came back and had a, an amazing run the second time around. You know what I mean? The that's 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 one of the things. That's one of my biggest things about Sean 
Sean had two careers. Mm-hmm. Sean had two careers. They were both great, but he had two careers. And I think he did more. He's so, in both careers. He's, he's so good in the ring, but I think he did more for the business in his second career. I you know, um, I just agree. his performances and being able to work with, with younger guys like Orton and Cena and et cetera, et cetera of the next, yes, well, of the next imagine, generation. Imagine, you know, I mean, yeah. and the thing of it is when he came back and they put him in the elimination chamber, um, for that first year in Survivor Series, the raw emotion when he won and those that crowd popping, and then him coming out on Raw and saying, "You ain't gonna be seeing any more of those Katie Vick uh, skits anymore," you know, because he hated them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, the matches he had with Cena, Orton, Batista, Flair, Mysterio. Uh, you know what I mean? Even the Spirit Squad. Look, I'm not the greatest. I'm not a big Spirit Squad fan, but he made those guys look credible. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, Shawn Michaels deserves to be in the Hall of Fame all day, every day. Mr. Brew? Kind of like what Archie was saying, just watching his evolution. Because some of my earliest wrestling memories, I can remember uh, watching the Super Tapes and the Rampages and stuff like that. Right. Like the six and eight man tags that the Rockers and all would be in. would Like, it it would literally steal the show for me. And I don't know, just over time watching him grow into the performer that he was, it, it really, he, he stuck out to me. And I have two fun facts about Shawn Michaels. Also, he had a wrestling match in his high school talent show. Oh my God. <laughs> and Elvis Presley inspired his ring entrance. Yes. He's a big, yeah, big Elvis fan. And, um, he probably did cocaine off a hooker's butt at some point. There's another. There's another Shawn Michaels fun fact. And well, no, that he, would be. Then he tagged in fun, Marty. <laughs> wouldn't Wouldn't that be though a fun? Uh, uh, what would be the not fact, but like we're assuming an assumption. It's not. It's not a tid. It's not a bit. It's a tit bit. <laughs> Aaron, about Shawn. That yes. was real tongue in cheek, by the way. <laughs> Very well done. Very well done. Why you should be in, or why I didn't vote for him? Just your thoughts on Shawn Michaels. Um, I'm never gonna knock the talent that he is, and um, his in ring performance. The only reason that I didn't necessarily vote for him is kind of what you guys were saying was there's a lot of people ahead of him that should go in before him, you know, and um. I just that's the main reason why I wouldn't say that I that I would that I voted for him because I just think there's people that should go in before. The next guy that got in is a somebody that I will there are three people that got in of the eight person class this year that I think other people should be in before them, most definitely. And I didn't vote for him. And I actually believe the only one of the four of us that voted for him this year was Aaron. Let me check and make sure. Check my facts. Yes. And and, and again, this is one of those things. It's like I nothing but love. 
But I think somebody like, uh, I don't know, Ricky Dozan should be in the Hall of Fame before Gene Okerman. But anyway, Mean Gene, we'll talk about Mean Gene. I'm the only um, guy that voted for Mean Gene. Yes. Wow. Archie, really? we'll start with the out of the four of us. Out of the four of us, yes. Um, None of what? you guys voted for Mean Gene. Archie, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Like Nate said, nothing but love, and he is a great uh, interviewer, announcer, and without him, I don't think the WWF would have had interview segments. You know he's what I mean? The, that he's was... the, if, the, if, the, if, the, if Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage and Roddy Piper are a movie, Mean Gene is the accompanying music. He's the background right, music. Right. You know, he's, right. the, he's the accompaniment. He is, he but, is right. and, yes. But if we're going by, you know, Reasons to be in the Hall of Fame. Gene is definitely lacking when it comes to Ricky Dozon or some of the other names that we are we know are not on this list yet. You know what I mean? Uh, Gene deserves to be there, but it's one of those that could could have happened somewhere down the line, not right now. But so he's in there. It's not a big deal. You know what I mean? It's it's a big deal, but it's not a big deal. He's in now, you know? so you don't have to worry about it. Right. Mark, your thoughts on Mean Gene? Um, it's basically like you were saying, you know, uh, Hogan and them were the stars and he was the supporting actor. He had the supporting role. Um, a little fun fact I got on him is Gene's alma mater was the University of Nebraska. After he graduated, he entered the field of radio broadcasting, joining the station KOIL in Omaha. And then moved to Minneapolis to work for the station WDGY and moved on to KDWB. Oakland worked behind the microphone and in programming. He, so you didn't work at WKRP in Cincinnati? It's your turkeys to their death. Cincinnati's a sore subject right now for some people. <laughs> yeah, that was why I made the comment. <laughs> Aaron Mean Gene. Why did I vote for him? Just your thoughts on Mean Gene. He, he's the fuck. He's the narrator of my ch fucking childhood. Like he so, told. So he so told here, here's a, here's a, here's a question. Here's a here, here's a question for you. Go ahead. If we go by the criteria that we have for the Hall of Fame, <clears throat> how is Gene already third three years in? And Gordon Sully hasn't even hit the ballot yet. Well, I, ju I just told you. I had to vote for him. I, I, I had to vote. No, I didn't have to vote for him, but I voted. Right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Gene told or narrated the story of my childhood. Gordon Sully didn't. <laughs> so, so Chad might vote for Tully because he's older than me. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't saying that your vote was invalid or wrong. Hey, he got in. Apparently enough people voted for him. I was just that's that's what I like, like about this is the debate. Like, like is the Gene, Gene Gene is the eighties Gordon Sully. Gordon Sully's in the seventies. You know what I mean? Like I I watch shit now and respect Gordon Sully. And when I watch the stuff before my time, he's the narrator of that. But Gene was the guy when I was a kid 
he was basically my Gordon Soli. You know what I mean? Like he was the guy that, and and anybody that anybody's going to talk about in this Hall of Fame, like we've talked about Piper, and and who else did we talk about so far? Sean. Road Warriors, Sean. Road Warriors, Road Warriors, all these guys. When they when they got to the Fed, who was the guy that kept them on fucking point? Pro. Was it Vince? No. Vince might have been the guy to tell them what they were talking about. But who was the guy that kept them on fucking point and 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 made sure they fucking stayed in their lane and understood the fucking story they were telling to sell their fucking tickets? It was Gene Okerlund. Gene Okerlund's the fucking man. <laughs> was that why he was on an ice cream bar? The next time. I'm just saying, Gene's the fucking man. That's also how you can tell there's a little bit of an age gap between us because because the one of my childhood was Lord Alfred Hayes. <laughs> well, Lord man. was good too, but Gene was the fucking man. And a and then, lot of those guys would have drowned in those fucking waters if they wouldn't have me and Gene. The next imagine, guy that- imagine Brutus Beefcake trying to fucking cut a promo without mean Gene there. Well, we ain't talking about Brutus. Next guy we're talking about. Next guy we're talking about. Am I wrong, though? Am I wrong? No, no. I wasn't. (laughs) All I wanted to hear. There was there. I'm the only guy that voted for him, so I just wanted to hear that. But no no one's no one's arguing here. Um, Well, I'm arguing, but I'm just not arguing. No. Fred Fred Blassie is next. Hell, yeah. Fred Blassie some that geek. Um. And and I did indeed, I think, vote for Freddie. Um, I think, actually, he's one of the guys that I voted for every year since we started the thing. Yeah, um, I voted for him. And let me see here. Mr. Brew did not. Nope. Mr. But Mitchell I, did not. No, he did not. But I do have nothing but good things to say about him. Oh, for sure. Archie? Honestly and truthfully, and you guys could be upset with me or what I don't I have nothing bad to say about him, but I don't have enough to say about him because Freddie Blassie at a point when I got into wrestling was already either on his way out or gone completely. You know what I mean? Because I got into wrestling in nineteen ninety. And when I when I, you know, look back, yeah, he was great and he had a lot of great talent and he did a lot of wonder you know, he was originally with Hulk Hogan and everything like that. But I've just never you know, if you want me to, you know, list off managers, the first names I'm going to say are Heenan, Heyman, Martel, Sherry Martell, you know what I mean? Fuji, Cornette. I'm not going to mention Blassie until I get to like 15 or 20. You know what I mean? Right. So I just, that, that's probably why I didn't vote for him because it's never been a name that popped out to me that much. You know, so. Mark? Okay, so I have two little excerpts that I'm going to read after I say this. People sleep on Freddie Blassie, but Freddie Blassie was Ric Flair before Ric Flair was Ric Flair. And I say that because for one, he was a monster heel. For two, he could work anybody. And the first one that I'm going to read says, born in 1918, 
to German parents who escaped World War I, Blassie took up boxing as a teenager, but found a growing interest in wrestling and actually snuck into matches, eventually befriending catch wrestlers and learning holds from them. The second is, and this is where the Ric Flair before Ric Flair comes in, says following a stint in the California wrestling scene, Freddie Blassie headed southeast to the Georgia territories in the 1950s, where he would enjoy a whopping 17 reigns with the big title of the region, the NWA Georgia Southern Heavyweight Championship between 1954 and 1960. And here's here's why I make the case for Blassie. And it goes into, and I know Archie and Aaron have been with me on this journey since the beginning, a name that I say over and over and over again is Ricky Dozon. And I am I am not the guy that pretends to watch Japanese wrestling. Right. I don't have I but I, I it. It, there is no there is no New Japan pro wrestling. There is no all Japan pro wrestling without Ricky Dozan and Fred Blassie. And Fred Blassie and John Tolis in California did bigger gates than most pro wrestling does today. Um Freddie was an influencer. He was a trendsetter. He is one of the greatest wrestling personalities of all time. Did you know that Fred Blassie's feud with Ricky Dozon in Japan is why people in Japan started buying televisions? Literally. And did, do you know they started buying televisions and people had heart attacks watching them wrestle? And <laughs> they said, hey, Freddie, um, 89 people had heart attacks watching you wrestle and he was like i wish i could have got it up to 99 that's funny and that's how he wanted to have but that dude sorry dad i didn't mean to cut you off no it's fine i'll talk about freddie fucking blassie all goddamn night he's the best and um he's the the he transcended he was the first guy to really get into fucking Hollywood. And he really was. Like, he got, like, um, like, he went to California. Like, when he went to California, he got on their television, and he was on there with Regis Philman, and he did all that shit, and, and, um, he had his feud with Ricky Dozan in Japan, and all that shit. But he was the first guy to really take television and make it his own. And his book is my favorite wrestling book of all time. And, and, and I don't want to get too much in the weeds on it, but Fred Blassie understood what professional wrestling was going to become. And it might be uh, out of left field statement when I say this, but I really think Fred Blassie was the first sports entertainer. Good point. I would I would put the next guy, possibly. Wait, I have a question. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't mean to get us in the weeds or anything like that. No. You said that Japanese people bought televisions to watch Ricky Dozon versus Freddie Blassie, so they were making them and they weren't buying them. Yeah, yeah, literally, they, 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 they I, I, I don't remember. 
I've seen it in a number, a couple of sources, but I don't remember exactly where, so you can't right. quote me. But yeah, there was. I mean, obviously they were selling some TVs, but right. they they saw a spike in TV sales well, around the time happened. of that rivalry, and when asking people, you know, what 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 right. what's making you buy this new technology? It was Ricky Dozon. It was Fred Blassie. It was the pro wrestlers. Right. You know, and that's wrestling has always been no matter what country wrestling has always been until important to television. Well, um, then guess what? You made me now have to go back and watch Freddie Blassie versus Ricky Dozon. I don't. There's not. A, there's not a lot you're gonna see. I know. But I, I've I'm tried. A, I'm find something there's, because there's some. There's stuff. Yeah, there's stuff on YouTube where you got like you know those things where you just get like a little clip or whatever yeah. from a, from a yeah. newsreel or something. But two of the guy, Two of the greatest lines in the history of anything is what cane? I didn't have no cane. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> and what then cane? I didn't have no cane. Yeah. And then watched my breakfast with Blassie. And it is Fred Blassie and Andy Kaufman sitting down and having breakfast. And nobody other than Blassie. Well, Blassie didn't even really know. But the only person that's, that knows anything's getting recorded is Kaufman. And they're sitting down and they're getting ready to have breakfast at this fucking diner in Los Angeles. And this little Asian lady comes by and Blassie's like, oh, are you pregnant? Because she looks pregnant, you know? And he goes, oh, oh you know, um, um, my my wife my wife's Asian, you know. He's like, oh, oh, like how far along are you? And, and and he's talking to her, and she goes, oh, thank you very much, thank you very much. And she walks away. He goes, yeah, well, now we don't have to tip her. Oh God, because <laughs> he paid attention to her. It's so fucking funny. You you, you got to see him do it, but it's great. Anyway, go ahead, Dan. And, and and before we move on quickly to the next guy, um, my favorite non 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 on wrestling television Fred Blassie thing Aaron knows is, is uh, Fred Blassie and Andy Kaufman on David Letterman with Andy Kaufman singing Jambalaya. But anyway, go watch it. Go watch it, folks. If you haven't, you're you're missing out. The next guy. That the next fan. guy that the next guy that got in and Aaron mentioned about being the first sports entertainer with Blassie, I would say you could put this guy on that level too, being one of the first sports entertainers and an introduction to what wrestling was evolving into being, and it is the original Nature Boy, Buddy Rogers. I voted for him. I'm pretty sure I put him in. Um, I I voted for Buddy Rogers. Um, excuse me. Uh, Mark, you did not, and Archie did not. And wow, I'm shocked I didn't. But but uh, Buddy Rogers got in, and to quote him, to a finer guy, it couldn't have happened. Yeah. Um, one of the uh, go ahead, Archie. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say my opinion on Buddy. Again, it's like we say, I wasn't alive when he was a big deal. I wasn't alive when he was nobody. But nobody, <laughs> nobody currently living. Nobody other than, is. Other than, nobody our, is. Old, other than our old grandmother. Um, 
Buddy Rogers was, and you talk about being influential and being important to television, you know, that early television golden era of wrestling. TV and wrestling have always been been best friends because wrestling is cheap entertainment for television stations. It's easy to shoot. The personalities are big personalities. And you talk about a big personality, Buddy Rogers, big personality. And um, again, you talk about influence. And that's what we're, you know, with the Hall of Fame, you talk about influence. Hey, that's the original nature boy right there. You yeah. know, that's, that's, that's the prototype for a Ric Flair or a Buddy Landell or whoever's doing that. Even if they're not called the nature boy, we know the gimmick, you know. And um, so just just my opinion on Buddy, and I'm, I'm glad it got, he got it. And actually, the last year and the year before, I don't think I voted for him because, once again, you, ha- you have to make decisions. But this year, I finally got to vote for him and get him in. Yeah, I'm and, surprised um, I didn't vote for him because I am a, a very big Buddy Rogers fan. Um, my granddad was a big fan of his. And when I started watching wrestling with him, and my dad, granddad loved Ric Flair as well. But he would always tell me, well, you should see the original Nature Boy. you got to see the original Nature Boy. And when I finally, you know, internet was involved and could finally find footage of him, yeah, he was the prototype. He, it was all about him. Would there be a WWF without the Nature Boy Buddy Rogers? Because, you know, him winning the belt in the NWA was kind of the reason that Vince McMahon <laughs> Sr. said, fuck this, I'm making my own company. Well, you know, they, they they wanted, wanted him to drop it to uh, Thez, and right. instead Vince said, "Screw you, I'm out." Right, you know. So, but I, it's just I I have that you know respect for Buddy Rogers in that when I hear somebody get labeled Nature Boy, I have to look around and go, "Is he?" Because he's you know Flair. Flair is the character. Flair is the Nature Boy. He the torch was passed. And I guess even with Landell, you know, because he was where he was doing it at, and then the WWE bringing him in kind of as a rib to Ric Flair because Flair wasn't signing with them. But AJ Styles was not a nature boy. I don't care what Ric Flair says in, in, in TNA. Bobby Walker was not a nature boy because they tried to label him that as the black nature boy at one point. Paul, late Paul, Paul Lee. Oh, shut yeah. your mouth. <laughs> you know, I mean. But no, like but the, yeah. but, I mean, yeah, the platinum blonde tuxedo wearing womanizing i have more money than you i have more class yep. than you heal blassie and and rogers i mean blassie was different because blassie had more of a, a hard edge i guess is what right. i'd say whereas rogers is the prototype for that gimmick right the, that, not i don't want to say feminine but he was worried about his hair and the way his robe looked you know what i mean blassie just came out there and fought but with rogers it was you know all about the presentation you know what I mean? So I once remarked a, a while ago, it was a long time ago, Randy Orton was the WWF champion. And he said, you see this this belt? And he threw it down and he said, that's just a prop. It's not the man. It's not the belt that makes the man. It's the man that makes the belt. And I literally said, wow, Buddy Rogers would be rolling over in his grave because he loved having a championship belt. And it wasn't about him. It was about making the belt better. You know what I mean? So it was just I, things like that, you know, naming people Nature Boy just for the sake of it and, you know, shitting on a title and things. I, I, it makes me lose respect for those wrestlers because I know what Buddy Rogers did to make wrestling what it is, you know, so. And sorry, can I say something about it? Mm-hmm. All you, brother, I was done. 
Um, I understand that Flair took the name from it, and I'm a huge Flair mark. But when I look at Buddy Rogers, I don't, I don't look at Ric Flair as being his generation of Buddy Rogers. You know, I honestly look at being the next generation of Buddy Rogers. Cool. Nick Bockwinkle. Really? Yeah. Like, Bockwinkle didn't take the Nature Boy name, but he took the Nature Boy presence. Attitude? Okay. Of, of being articulate, being the best guy in the ring, and... And I, I, I'm not saying that I'm right or wrong, but I, I I just feel that way about it. Like, sharp-dressed, smart. Like, Ric Flair would have never said to a nicer guy it couldn't have happened. But I can see Bockwinkle saying that. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. I, I oh, yeah. agree with you there. Sir, so, that then, might be that might be that, no one no, and that's why I said prototype for a gimmick because they both were Flair and Bachwinkle were both doing the same gimmick. Essentially, they were just doing it in different ways. Flair's more flamboyant, you know. Yeah, but um, Bachwinkle's more like I'm um, I'm classy. I'm putting Bachwinkle in next year. I don't care what you guys say. <laughs> well, you got to get him on the ballot first. Oh, I will. Yeah. My thoughts on him. Uh, this is one of the wrestlers that I've actually read the book on. He, uh, like Archie was saying about the presentation and stuff, as younger, he was inspired by uh, Gorgeous George and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that's I, another guy. That's a, And I don't want to cut you off, but that's another guy that how has he not hit our ballot yet? You know, that's why I love this Hall of Fame thing. It's so much fun. But anyway, go ahead, Mark. I'm sorry. And uh, also, he was supposed to wrestle Landale in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... For they the promotion folded and Rogers died months later. So, yep, nineteen ninety two. Um, he was supposed to have a match with Buddy Landell, and uh, it didn't happen because some some shit with the promoter. Uh, actually, it was covered. Uh, if you listen to the Pro Wrestling Spotlight podcast with John Arezzi, it was actually covered on one of his radio shows. He had he had Buddy Rogers on the show. Um, you probably did that- go with Rod with Landell. What's that? He probably did some blow with Landell. And just <laughs> terribly. The next, the next, the next two guys that got in this year are two I'm guys. Sorry, that- I'm sorry, Buddy Rogers didn't do blow with Buddy Landell. It's the pro wrestling business. It's highly possible. Um, the next two guys that got in are guys that are I am a huge fan of. But the last two guys that got in this year shouldn't have got in before other people. Anyway, we'll, we'll go in right now, and I know Archie and I are going to fight about one of them, and that's fine. I don't like the word fight. We're going to debate about one of them. <laughs> well, no, fine. I'm fighting. I'm the fighting. First, the, all right. Well, we're going to find out who the master debater is. The, the, first, the master what? I'm going to cut off my video feed. This is, yeah, I was going to say, this is not the fat. I know you want to hear audio with heavy breathing, but it'll be okay. (laughs) This is is not the fapping edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Oh, God. Um, So the first guy is 
and and I want to say this, I want to preface this by saying this. Anybody that listens to this show knows that this guy is one of my top five favorite pro wrestlers of all time. To me, he is the number one best in-ring pro wrestler that I've ever watched. It's Kurt Henning. All right, Kurt Henning got in this year, and that's great. That's great. I didn't vote for him. I love Kurt Henning, but I didn't vote for him. Um, I didn't vote for him. Archie voted for him. Yes. And Mark did not. And Aaron voted for him. And it's not that I wouldn't vote for him, but there are people that I want to get in before Kurt Henning because of all of the criteria. You know, the criteria have to has to do with the drawing power. The criteria has to do with so many different... Yes, wrestling ability is there. Personality is there. He had it all. You know how much I love Kurt. And I'm glad he got in because now I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> but I don't have to agonize about whether I'm going to vote for him or not. So God bless it. I'm glad Kurt Henning got into our Hall of Fame. Archie, your thoughts, Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning. Oh, well, I'm, 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 again, started out watching him in the WWF. But once as I got older, I started, I went back and looked at the AWA stuff. And he was much grittier in the AWA. You know what I mean? He had that, that fine I don't, shadow. I, I don't want to cut you off. No, you're fine. He's, he's one of those guys where there are times where like those, there are those wrestling fans like on the, on the Jim Cornette spectrum. And mm-hmm. I, I, and I, and I, sometimes I am that guy. And there, there are a lot of those historians and stuff that are kind of pretentious about the WWF. Right. Um, and they always, you know, they're always like, the, they're the guys that are like, well, he was great, but then he went to the WWF and, you know, but anyway, no, I think you got, a, a, you got a, lot of, a lot of them do that. I would say that the, that is one guy that I would say I would put his WWF work up against work he did in any other territory, right? Ever, whether it be the AWA, whether it be WCW. Um, his peak, peak Kurt Henning is like 88 to 93 WWF, but anyway. I didn't want to cut you off. No, no, no. But I mean, uh, you know, like I said, grittier in the AWA, came into WWF, got molded into this Mr. Perfect gimmick, which was, I mean, who else could they have put in that gimmick? There was right. nobody else that could have done that gimmick the way he did. Uh, that smug look, that my shit don't stink smile. You know what I mean? And when, um, he hit, when the rebel rang, he was perfect. Oh, yes. <laughs> without a doubt. Uh, Bobby Heenan as his manager and just made it all the more better. Um, and I have to say his match with, with Bret Hart, their first match, you know, when Bret, you know, turned the, the figure four, them both being down on the ground into the sharpshooter. And I believe that was SummerSlam, right? 1991. 91. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, that is one of my favorite moments. Um, and one of the most, in my opinion, the one guy, maybe he didn't need it but he should have been WWF champion, even if it would only have been for six months, because that guy would have busted his ass with the title compared to Hogan waiting six months to defend the belt every, every six months. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Kenning should have been WWF champion at least once. Mark. I'll say this. Uh, we wouldn't have the hardcore championship without him. Cause he busted up that wing deagle. <laughs> <Great>. Um, <laughs> As far as like 
in ring perfection, he had it. Uh, the he also had one of my favorite moves, the spitting the gum up and smacking it. I yep. still do that to this day. Um, <laughs> and Archie was talking about him and Brett, but a lot of people, if they go back and watch, him and Bulldog had some fucking awesome matches too. Yes, they did. Even him and Beefcake. It's like yeah. let's, one of my favorite persons to watch against Henning was uh was Bulldog just for the because you got this guy he's not he's not all muscled up but I mean mm-hmm. he's in shape and he's athletic as hell and then you got this specimen of Bulldog and the two just melded so well together I think he's very deserving of being in the Hall of Fame I I enjoyed the <coughs> AWA stuff as well. But like you said, his WWF stuff stands out among the rest of it to me. Also, I hated the WCW West Texas Redneck stuff. It Why? Was, it just it wasn't my thing. Yeah, but rap is crap. <laughs> <laughs> and um, two matches that that don't get spoken of enough that Kurt Henning had. In his WWF run, that I think everybody should check out when they, if they ever get a chance. There is a match, the match that is the finals of the Intercontinental Championship tournament between Mr. Perfect and Tito Santana in 1990 is a yes. fantastic match. It's so good. It's so good that there are, there are times, even 30 years later, where you think Tito might win because Kurt is such a great heel wrestler. He sell like a motherfucker. Yes, and he made and, and and I'm not saying he made Tito look good. He, Tito's Tito, you know Tito. But I mean, those two in the ring against each other in 1990, other. it's amazing. And also his match with Shawn Michaels at, at SummerSlam 1993. Yep, is is fantastic as well. Aaron, your thoughts on Kurt Henning before we get her done? Sure. Yeah, Kurt Hennig's the second greatest professional wrestler to ever live. In the I'm, ring, in the ring, I agree. Yeah, yeah, that's what I just said. He's the second greatest professional wrestler to ever live. Like it's him, and and there's a guy before him, and he's not on our list, so I'm not going to talk about him. But Kurt, fundamentally, in the ring, is second to only one and I've never seen a terrible I've never seen a bad Kurt Angle match or Kurt Kurt Henning match (laughs) I I, I was talking about Kurt Angle too wrong Kurt Kurt Angle is five I'd put Kurt Angle at five but Kurt Henning is the second I, I gotta put this guy's name in my I gotta put this guy's what the fuck was that? <laughs> Shot clock. <laughs> I gotta put this guy's name out there. Just uh just to say it. The only person I the only person I'd put in front of Kurt Hennig is Randy Savage. Okay. Wow. That's the only guy I'd put ahead of him. It's like it's Randy Savage and Kurt Hennig. It they're one A and one two. Those dudes are my those dudes are my favorites. Kurt Hennig is fucking fantastic. And if anybody would try to tell me any different, I would fight them in a fucking alley and stab him in the neck. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you really feel. 
I just told you that dude. I've never seen him have a bad match in my entire life. And I've never seen him cut a bad promo. I've never seen him do anything that wasn't fucking perfect. And I'm not even, I'm not even using that as a cliche. That fucking dude is fantastic. Keep all sharp objects away from Aaron. In dark alleys. <laughs> Last this year, certainly he not. Even, he was even a great commentator. Yeah. When he commentated, he was great. Like That dude did nothing wrong or bad the entire time he was alive. He was Aaron, great. Aaron, I'll back you up here. The, remember the lead into the SummerSlam tag team match where it was Razor Ramon and or was it Survivor Series? Razor Ramon and Ric Flair versus Randy Savage and Warrior. Warrior crapped out, so Macho Man asked Mr. Perfect at the beginning of primetime wrestling if he'd join him. Yeah. And then, I mean, that that's something that sticks out in my head of Kurt Henning pouring the water on Bobby Heenan laughing. Wow. Oh, wow. He's there, he's, Macho. He's a white weasel. Yeah, he you was know what great I mean? That. He, that, yeah. dude, that dude was great in everything he fucking did. The last guy... This year into the Hall of Fame is another one that there are bunches of people on the ballot that I would put in before him, me personally. And I will get to my reasons, but we'll go to the two guys that voted for him this year first. And the first one is Archie. I know you are a huge advocate. Excuse the pun, the advocate. And I am not going to disagree with you on anything other than the fact that there are people that need to be in before him. The man's name is Paul Heyman, Archie Mitchell. Paul Heyman. My name is Archie Mitchell, and I am <laughs> here to advocate for one of the greatest managers in wrestling history, Paul Heyman. The reason being, whether he was with the Samoan SWAT team, whether he was with the Dangerous Alliance, whether he was just with Rick Rude, in WCW, he played the part of a yuppie, geeky, annoying-as-fuck manager to the team. But then he leaves that company, and he starts his own. And ECW, through Paul Heyman's craziness and genius, is born and now becomes one of the top three wrestling companies in the 90s. And in my opinion, some nights put on a great product better than WCW and the WWF because they were only worried about each other. Meanwhile, here's this little engine that could company with the brainchild of Paul Heyman putting on great shows. And then when he couldn't pay anybody and he got thrown out of his own company and WWF bailed him out, he goes to the WWF. He does great on commentary. He does great, you know, even in... The crappiness that was the invasion. Paul Heyman was doing his very best work. But then he gave us Brock Lesnar. You know what I mean? And the voice, the look, the ponytail, which he doesn't have anymore. Even till today, what he's doing with the bloodline and Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. The man always makes you want to be involved in the match that he's going to be a part of. And he's not a wrestler. I think he's had like three matches in his entire career. A, a tuxedo match with Medusa. Uh, no, a tuxedo match with Jim Cornette. A match with Medusa. And then he had a match with CM Punk uh, in WWE. There was a, wasn't there a deal where he, te- he teamed up with uh, Brock against the Hardys too, I think. 
Yeah, but he never got in the ring. But yeah, he was still on the ballot on the bill. So I mean, but yeah, Paul Heyman. I'm not going to put him as my favorite, my top favorite rest uh, favorite manager. That goes to Bobby Heenan, but definitely a one B to Bobby Heenan, one A and one B because he knew how to make a stable, he knew how to make a wrestling company, he knew he knows how to book, and he knows how to tell a story. So that's my feelings. Mark, uh, great mind for the business. Um, like RG said, uh, fucking heat magnet, bro. Like you can put you put him with anybody. Like even if 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 the guy has no mic skills whatsoever and doesn't know how to draw heat, put Paul on the mic with him. He he's gonna be hated instantly. Yep. Um. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Um. He he knew what he was doing when when he done ECW because he created stars. I mean, if you see Rob Van Dam to this day, what's your first thought? ECW, hey, ECW. Yep. I mean, he. I mean, he's he's had longevity in the business. He he was funded in ECW by WWE and stuff. So, I mean, there there are again, like I said, there there are plenty of people on our ballot that I would probably put in before Paul. But to talk about the positives and to understand and me saying that I understand that the people that voted for him, why they voted for him. If I'm talking about one of the credentials is influential in the business, right? He made ECW and ECW changed the business. ECW was the model for the attitude era in the WWF. They can say what they want. Vince Russo can fucking say what he wants to say. He looked at ECW and said, how can I convince Vince McMahon to do something like this, right. but in Vince McMahon's company? And I'm not, and, and, and you know, I'm not going to take anything away from the WWF. They were great too. I'm not saying that, but also like you guys said, great on the mic, great manager, long career, super long career. He has staying power. Um, so again, I'm not saying Paul doesn't deserve to be in. I just think there were people that deserved to be in before Paulie. So, but got, he's in now. So, like I always say, he's in now. Doesn't matter. I don't have to worry about it anymore. I got two last things to say about him. He'll never get more heat from me other than the other than when he faked cardiac arrest making fun of Jerry Lawler. <laughs> and uh, something interesting that I found out was that on Stone Cold's podcast, he said he has some scripts that's prepared for Hollywood. He's just waiting for the right time. So I'm wondering which one of these WWE studio movies coming out is going to be uh, a Paul, Paul Heyman. Heyman. Right. Well, see, the, what Mark just said before Aaron goes, um, when he came out dressed like Paul uh, Bearer during the <laughs> CM Punk Taker feud, I was like, wow, what a son of a bitch. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, and my favorite line he ever delivered was at ECW One Night Stand. He was looking at uh, JBL, and he said, JBL, the longest world champion in SmackDown history. Why? Because Triple H didn't want to work on Thursdays. Tuesdays. Tuesdays. Yes. And I was just <laughs> like, you know what? If that wasn't a total shit on JBL, you know what I mean? Yes. So, yeah, Paul is definitely one of my favorites. Aaron? Um, if you guys want to watch <laughs> a great Paul Heyman 
deal. Look him up. Talking, I think this is like 96 or 97. And he's doing like a, a panel discussion. And he's talking about when he went to Memphis and said the word lesbian on Memphis television. It's great. Um, it is. It's fun. It, it's it's a fantastic. It's a two part fucking YouTube video, and I can send you guys the link. But it's one of the best goddamn wrestling stories you'll ever hear in your life. But Paulie is fantastic. Paulie um, deserves everything that he's got in his career and um he is what professional wrestling is like he is the ultimate perf- he, he's the ultimate carney like that's what like, made ECW great it was a sideshow it is but what I'm saying is like like he got to where he's at now by selling himself and lying and hustling and doing all his shit to get where he's at now. And, and, and I can't use, you guys said a lot about him, so I don't have a lot of words to say about him, but I'm just saying like he is the ultimate politician in wrestling. And and I applaud him for it. Does that make sense? Like, I'm not knocking the guy. I'm saying, like, God bless him. I I, I think he's great. In wrestling, and, you're, in wrestling, you're a 1099, and he's the ultimate 1099. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Um, so that is the 2022 class of the We Can't Wrestle podcast Hall of Fame. So now just real quick with the guys here. I want to go to the people that that each of us voted for that didn't get in. And quickly, who of those people you're making the biggest case for? We won't go through each one individually. Like, we, I won't be like, you voted for this guy. Why? You voted for this guy. Why? I'll give right. you who you voted for that didn't get in. And if there's anybody, like one or two, that you're really passionate about and, and, and want to make your case for real quick that should be in already. Let me know. Archie, I'll start with you. Um, The people that you voted for that did not get in this year were Arn Anderson, Mm -hmm. Vader, Sensational Sherry, and Rick Rude. I'd like to make a case for all four, but I think the one that's missing and that should be in there is Arn Anderson because... He has a gun to your head? (laughs) Well, that... that, um, (laughs) But, <laughs> his, but his Teddy uh, his Teddy Ruxpin good looks Glock nine Arn <laughs> guys the the man made me want to wear those sunglasses that he wore in the eighties you know that those and that those, fedora yeah I mean the, everything about him was cool in the eighties and even in the nineties the the tag team specialist that he was not just with Tully but with Larry Zabisco Bobby Eaton. You know what I mean? Ter- mm-hmm. When he teamed with Terry Funk, oh, when he Ar- turned, sorry, go man. ahead. No, go ahead. I was, I was just gonna say, Arn's like the top two greatest tag team wrestlers of all time. Yeah. 
you know, I mean, when he turned on Dustin Rhodes and Dustin begged him to be his partner, and then that dust would that dusty promo have ever happened about the it's about blood, you know what I mean? I need a hug and a kiss from you, Daddy, and we can make this. You know what I mean? That that yeah. made it was because of Arn Anderson. You know what I mean? And then you look at him after his wrestling career, and that he was a booker in the WWE, and he was someone that was spotting talent, and everything that he did for the WWE. I mean, in my opinion, Ric Flair would not have been champion for as long or as many times. And I know it makes me sound like oh, it's real to me, damn it, but. Without Arn Anderson watching his back, Ric Flair is, you know, just another guy. Mm-hmm. You know, even without the Horsemen, when there was Anderson and Flair, it was, it was special. There's so, Archie yeah. in his Arn Anderson attire, <laughs> <laughs> and I did have a gun in my pocket, uh, Mark. With a squirt gun, but <laughs> I, I felt the need to share that. <laughs> I have no problem with that. I like that picture. So Mark, Mark and I are, well, there's one guy that I'm going to, as we go through, actually, there's two guys that Mark and I agreed on here, but one that he and I had talked about on the side that I am definitely advocating for at this point now that we've gotten a few years in. But anyway, Mark, the people that you voted for on the ballot this year that did not make it in were Mick Foley, John Cena, the Junkyard Dog, and Sting. We talked about Cena. Yes, but we did. The one that I'm really making the push for next year is JYD. I agree. You talk thought- about a draw. You talk yep. about a draw. You he was the Black about- Hulk Hogan. Well, and not just that, but if you if you if you really zero down, I've never heard on- that statement made. He was the Black Hulk Hogan. If you if you if you brother, if you really zero down on JYD. In the Mid South Territory in New Orleans, I mean, who day, who day? Where the <laughs> no fuck bad. does that saying come from? Literally, it comes from the people in New Orleans and Junkyard Dog. He was a cultural phenomenon. He he could have a match with a broomstick and it would pack the the Superdome. Um, dare I say it was? I don't know. I don't know if I want to debate him and Bobo, who was the biggest African American star of all time, but Jesus Bobo Christ, was smaller. <laughs> well, okay, but <laughs> sorry, the, a, yeah. but I agree with you on. I totally agree with you on JYD because I voted for him too, Mark. Well, I mean, he also inspired Mark Henry and 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 other guys of the next generation. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't have. Uh, all right. If the if the conversation comes out comes up, who is the best African American professional wrestler of all time? JYD has my vote, hands down. All right. So for me, Aaron, do you want to do yours on this clip on this segment, or do you want to do it in a different way with other people? Aaron's smirking. He has something to say about JYD. No, I don't. I love JYD. Aaron, Aaron, Aaron was doing a run-in on this segment, or he was supposed to. So my, my question to him is, does he want me to do his on this one or on another one? This one's fine. I'm comfortable with these guys. I don't know who's going to do that on the next fucking show. That's going to be some interlopers that I don't fucking know. Okay. So, 
the, like, don't put me with strangers. <laughs> Let's see here. Stranger danger. Stranger danger. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> ask you where they touched me on the bear. I don't want that. <laughs> the people, the people that you voted for that did not get in this year. And if you want to make a case for for one in particular, but you're going to keep trying for right, Sergeant Slaughter. Okay, Stu Hart. And Vader. I will make. I can only pick one. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't have to, but uh, one oh, one in depth. How about one in depth? Okay, I, one in for one. I'll say Sergeant Slaughter is not my in depth one, but Sergeant Slaughter was Hulk Hogan before Hulk Hogan. That's all I'll say. But the one I'll die on a hill for. Every time is Stu Hart. That fucking dude trained every fucking buddy. And he was wrestling. Bef- like, do, do you get what I, I'm, I'm getting lost in my words, but do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like, like there was a generation of wrestlers that that fucking guy trained. Like he's on the same level of Vern of, and and I make fun of Vern Gagne a lot, but Stu trained so many of the guys that all of us love watching, like from fucking. Abdul the Butcher to Brian Pillman. This fucking guy taught them how the fucking business was and got them fucking ready. Stu Hart should ju- you you should just write him into your little pamphlet that you have for your Hall of Fame. Like like don't even let anybody vote for it. Just put I him mean, in. I've been I've been voting for him since the first year. But that fucking dude is the baddest ass. He, him, and Harley Race are the baddest ass human beings that ever existed in the professional wrestling business. There's, there's nobody better ass than those two, in my opinion. So, I didn't mean to say, I didn't mean to say a little pamphlet. So I, <laughs> I, what, what I meant was, like, there, there isn't a fucking Hall of Fame without a Stu Hart. You know what I mean? Like a lot of the guys that we've talked, like, like Mark, you said JYD, right? Yep. There's no JYD without fucking Stu Hart. And I know he got, I know he got to Watts and Watts made him JYD, but he was, he, he, he was sweet daddy Redder before he got there. You know what I mean? Thank God that didn't stick. Like, like, (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's a stupid name or whatever, but Stu built these people. There's there there's Bad News Brown. How many guys like Bad News Brown? Do all you yep. guys like Bad News Brown? Yep. Okay. There's no Bad News Brown without fucking Stu Hart. How many do you guys like Dynamite Kid? Raise your hand. There's no Dynamite Kid. Stu Hart. There's no Bret Hart without Stu Hart. There's no a lot of these fucking guys. You don't have. Until they cross through fucking stampede, and that's all I'm saying. The, I'll die on that goddamn heel. I'll go. I'll heel. 
I'll <laughs> die on that goddamn hill about Stu Hart. He's the, a fucking man. The guys that I voted for this year. Sorry, Nate, I didn't mean to talk too long. That's all right. The 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 guys the guy Stu is one of the one of the guys that I voted for. Actually, I voted for him each time. Um, and he's been on the ballot since the beginning. Um, so he's three years in. He's got two more years to get in, or he has to go back to the ballot process, which is ridiculous. But anyway, I also I also voted Mark for Junkie. Mark, uh, just vote next time. Yeah, just, I, just 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 hit JYD with one, and I got you. I, I also I also <laughs> voted for I also voted for JYD. I also voted for the original Sheik. Um, I voted for obviously Ricky Dozon, and I voted for John Cena. So my case has been made for Ricky Dozon. I make my case for Ricky Dozon every year. Nobody fucking listens to me except apparently Chris Saha because he voted for Ricky Dozon this year. But <laughs> I don't even know who that is? <laughs> he's another panel member. <laughs> um, but nope. Sorry, Chris. I, so, I'm, so I'm not going to harp on Ricky Dozon because I do it all the time. He needs to be in the Hall of Fame. He's got two more years left, just like Stu. So other than him, the two that I would really, really advocate for this year to keep get trying to get them in is Stu, like Aaron said. So, so I don't have to elaborate on Stu. And now I think we've come to the point three years in, if we're talking about people that have had an impact on the business, been a major draw, been a major star, been it's time to put John Cena in the goddamn Hall of Fame. Uh, John Cena deserves to go in this based on criteria. He deserves to go in this Hall of Fame before Paul Heyman. I'm sorry, Archie. <laughs> he threw but the pin. Shit's real now. I mean, no, until just... I came on camera to make that statement. <laughs> <laughs> you can see the disgust on his face. Huh? <laughs> he he deserves to go in this Hall of Fame before you the know, Road Warriors I was, do. I was he, gonna make twenty a... years. He was almost he was the top guy in the WWE longer than fucking Hulk Hogan was. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame right now. I was gonna offer an olive branch and say that if you guys <laughs> no, you vote were. for Vader, you were gonna offer an olive garden. Well, I like Olive Garden. They're they're <laughs> Me they're, too. they're they're olive garden, garden breadstick. Keep, keep oh, olive with garden the... breadstick. And never land, never. Oh, it's a never-ending possible. Never-ending breadstick. But no, I was going to say if you guys vote for Vader next year, I'll vote for Ricky Dozon, JYD, and Stu Hart. But now you want to talk about John Cena deserving to be in the Hall of Fame before Paul Heyman? Nope, that offers off the table. <laughs> He's pulling he it. A, He's pulling he it. He took a chainsaw to the olive branch. I'm taking my olive garden breadsticks and going in the corner. No, I am on. You should have went to Zoli's, Nate. I am, I am on. Get, I am on. Get rope, Ricky Dozon in like I have been since the beginning. And now I have. I have. I am advocating for it because if I look at the criteria that we have for this Hall of Fame, John Cena fits the bill. Again. But hold on. Longer, longer, longer run on top than Hogan in the WWE. Mm-hmm. He is a, he is a, we, 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 how many times during this whole conversation did we say a cultural icon? <laughs> He's a cultural icon that has transcended the business. Um, he has actually, um, if you really think about it, when you talk about the WrestleManias that he's been involved in, he's 
He's actually he's actually filled more stadiums than a lot of the guys we talk about in this Hall of Fame. I love Kurt Henning, and I would watch Kurt Henning six days or six days a week and Sunday before I'd watch John Cena. But if I'm looking at this criteria, Cena might go in before Henning. But there's one problem. There's you can't one see problem. him. Yeah, <laughs> we're putting in an, invis- an invisible man. I got no problem with John Cena. I have no problem with John Cena either. It's just there's people I felt deserved to be in the. Oh, and and I yeah, and again, like I said, that's why you guys know I love this because I love the real debate about this stuff right. because it's so interesting to hear other people's perspectives. It's so interesting to hear, you know. Okay, so why do you make a case for this guy? Because maybe next year, Archie. You make your you made your case you made your case earlier for Arn Anderson next year when I vote maybe I'll be like you know what Arn what Archie said about Arn was I gotta but you know what I mean that's what I love about right. and, and, and the right. thing about John and I don't want to step on anybody but like you know they say as like the five moves of doom or whatever like kind of like mm-hmm. what they said about Nash and then. People said Hogan can't wrestle, you know, but then, oh, Hogan can't wrestle. Well, watch him in Japan and he can work. You know what I mean? Well, that, yeah, I mean, I hate when people say, I hate when people say John Cena can't wrestle. That's watch what I was, John, that's, watch that's John what Cena they, they, and watch John they, they, Cena and Shawn Michaels for an hour what, in London. That's what I was going right. to say was that people say, oh, Hogan couldn't work, but then watch him work with Muda in Japan. And that's what I was going to say, was like, watch um, John on that Raw when him and Sean did like an hour and 15 or whatever. And then they did that WrestleMania in, what was it, Detroit? Mm-hmm. Like, John can fucking work. Oh, John Matt, Cena. John Cena. Fucking freak. John Cena had fantastic matches with every high-level worker of the past 20 years. Exactly, and I will, I will make this argument because I made it before. Yeah, good ma- he even got you. decent matches out of fucking Kali, right? <laughs> but here here's my thing: all the people who nowadays say Hogan couldn't work, couldn't wrestle, Cena can't wrestle, five moves of doom, Nash couldn't do this. Those are fans nowadays. In the '90s, none of us ever said Hogan can't work because we didn't know what that meant. Right, you understand exactly. that was lingo. There is some words I can't stand in the professional wrestling business. Oh, he's too green. Well, how do you know when you've never been in the ring before? Mm-hmm. Oh, he can't work again. How do you know that if you've never been in the ring? You, you know what I mean? These are fans who are looking for, and because of Nate showing me the light on guys like the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, who I still like, but I'm not enamored with. These are fans who want flippy shit. Yes. Well, and I have. Hold on. Hold on. On this show, you could go back, everybody, and listen to every single hour that we've ever recorded, Archie. I have never said, I have never said Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks can't work. Right. And I've never said Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks can't wrestle. I've said Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, the work and the wrestling that they do annoys the shit out of me, and I don't watch it. Exactly. But there, there is a complete difference between critiquing right. and, and and then saying straight out, "I hate this guy because right. he only has five moves." Well, how do exactly. You, you're only watching those five moves. 
You know what I mean? That you're picking up on the bad shit that's going on, which is why we always say, enjoy wrestling for what it is—a show. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. we're not Ed McMahon on on uh, uh, you know Star Search. I give it four and a half stars. No, we're watching as fans, not as critiquers and judges. Yeah. But we can critique and we can judge. We just, like I said, I just, I, and I'm, I'm totally with you. Do. I, the only thing we can do is wrestle. Is wrestle. And that's why it's the <laughs> wrestle podcast. And Mark is Hello. trying to. So, Mark, you know, if you, you end up becoming a wrestler, we got to throw you off the show. Yeah, Mark's Let actually you know the work, Mark's, Mark's actually the worker of the group. Well, Chad, but, <laughs> well, and I was going to say, what's, the, what, how do you say it? Post mortemly? <laughs> oh, something I don't know. I, I thought it was killed post human, human, humorously, post mortably. Did I say it post mortably? Huh? Posthumously, posthumously inducted into the We Can't Wrestle podcast as Chad Austin. <laughs> oh god. Ah, uh, Nate, do you happen to have who we uh who we actually nominated handy? Uh, I probably do. You make the Nate work now. Super late. He's ready to go to bed. Let me see here. Just I mean we can we can run through it real quick. Yeah. Okay. Um based on obviously who was already on the ballot and who um who was already obviously you can't nominate somebody that's already on the ballot. Right. Um previous. Uh, Mark, you nominated Tommy Rich, Chris Jericho, Ray Mysterio Jr., the Bushwhackers, the Soul Patrol, Ricky Steamboat, and you you nominated Cena and the Road Warriors. So Mark likes blondes and tag teams. Yep. <laughs> Archie, Archie nominated. Oh, what? If you give me a tag team blondes, ooh. <laughs> so you like Shane Douglas and uh, Johnny Ace? Oh. Oh. <laughs> Archie nominated Captain Lou, Ball Bear, Midnight Express, Jushin Liger, Mitsuhawa Masara. The Harlem Heat, Steve Williams, and Sensational Sherry. Yeah. Some of them made the ballot. Some of them didn't. And Aaron nominated Sergeant Slaughter, Paul Orndorff, Bill Watts, Kurt Henning, Vader, The Miz, The Wild Samoans, the and, and Jim Ross. You nominated The Miz? Oh, the Miz is a fantastic current heel. He's the best heel in the business. But go ahead. Yeah, but dude. Well, he didn't make the ballot, so Aaron didn't win on that one. He can try to nominate him again next year. That's not so. if you want to nominate John Cena for something. If you want to nominate John <laughs> Cena for being a great fucking face, you can't hmm. knock the Miz. But go ahead. And let me see. I nominated the, the original Sheik. Chris Jericho, Phil Mushnick, who I keep nominating and nobody ever bites. So I mean, if, if, huh? 
Oh yeah, I said I said Phil. <laughs> Sam Mushnick. No, fuck Phil Mushnick. Worst person you could nominate. But anyway, um Sam Mushnick in the business is Phil Mushnick. <laughs> I na- I nominated JYD, Buddy Rogers, John Cena, Kurt Henning, and the Midnight Express. So that's who we nominated. And uh we can keep trying to fight to get him in next year. But Archie, as we close out this segment, any parting words for our listeners? Yes, please check out uh, the Nothing But Trouble podcast, as this week we are talking about toys. All toys, all kinds. Uh, And next week we will be speaking (laughs) about... (laughs) 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 Next week we'll be speaking about the movies and TV shows that we hated as kids. And we are going to end it all with a Die Hard debate. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie or not a Christmas movie? So... Yippee-ki-yay, mother brothers. There you go. (laughs) With your toys. (laughs) With your toys. Aaron? (laughs) (laughs) Not those kind of toys, Aaron. It's a massager, not a toy. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this show. And um, we're going to record Relive in the Extreme, I think, on what? Wednesday? Thursday. Thursday. Um, we're Archie, gonna thanks record... for filling in last week, by the way. I had a blast. Yeah, thank you, Archie. I appreciate that. Yes. I enjoyed you and Chad all that whole conversation. That was great. Yes. So, and then I'll be uh, back on soon. We're going to be recording another one of these Hall of Fame things on Wednesday. Sometime. I think Wednesday. I don't know. But just thank you guys for listening to all the shows um, and listen to Archie's show where he's like, we're going to figure out where the, we're going to figure out where these toys go. (laughs) Not those kind of toys. Okay. That reminds me, that reminds me of one of my favorite things from the Simpsons. There's a Simpsons episode where Bart gets, um, uh, uh, it's kidnapped. a tone. Yes. Or, no, no. Bart gets kidnapped. And mm-hmm. God damn it. I can't remember the exact the exact uh, uh, situation, but the person that kidnaps him has something in their hands and he's got like a ball oh, gag man. in. It's a pine cone. Mm-hmm. I'm telling and the, you. <laughs> and and uh, it's Sarah Gilbert from um, from Roseanne that's playing the Bart. other character, but she goes, I want to give you one guess where this is going. And Bart goes, Oh, wait, what? Pine <laughs> cone, man. I'm telling you. I think it was a pine cone. I think he's right. Oh, I know oh, I'm right. What? <laughs> so is this funny. the last funny thing the fucking Simpsons ever did? <laughs> the- <laughs> Uh, Homer with the middle fingers and the Simpsons the movie's great too. Yes. Yeah, yeah but the pine cone went up Bart's butt after that. <laughs> and to close us out, Mr. Mark Brew, your parting words for this segment on the We Can't Wrestle Podcast Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. I just I hope you guys enjoy listening to this as much as we enjoy recording it. Yes. Uh, keep, keep supporting us. Uh sorry, it's special. <laughs> be on the lookout for you know all the hot shit that's dropping this year. 
when it comes to the podcast. <laughs> the hot shit coming from my butt. <laughs> no, it's going down, down, baby. That hot shit. It's going down, all right. <laughs> we can never, we can never end this thing on a classy no, note. So we'll just no. end it. I never. will say this though: I will never forgive you for the night that we all went off on a tangent about Tammy Lynch and it got deleted. <laughs> because that would have made for the best ending of any show in the world. We would have gotten a cease and desist order, order or sued, and that would have made this show even better. <laughs> you want controversy, pal? Right. Controversy creates cash. Yep. Well, I mean, we got to catch a predator with Stan Hansen in, so... <laughs> <laughs> We weren't sued over that one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks.